Here on the Jordan River, this is the traditional site where people from all over the world come to be baptized. They say the place where John was baptizing, calling people to repentance, remission of their sins, and be baptized in the watery grave and come up as a new believer in Jesus Christ. One day, John looked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. There's one among you, he said, whose shoes I am not worthy to untie. And people looked. They said, Where? Where? Please don't miss this point, because Jesus was standing among the church, the leadership, the people of the church of that day, and they didn't recognize the Savior, the Creator. My friends, we need to be careful ourselves. We must know Him not just about him, we must know him. And Jesus went down into the water is an example for you and for me. This mosque is an extreme source of irritation to the Jewish population, and especially as it causes additional damage to the ancient walls. Here and there, we found that there were not many relics from eons past, but we did discover a pillar from the time of Jesus. In the early morning, Jesus gathered with his disciples along the seashore here, but soon the crowds grew too large. He wanted to specifically speak to them, but People wanted to hear the words of eternal life, so soon they walked up the hillside here to the Mount of Beatitudes, at least that's what we call it now. He began sharing with them the words of eternal life. You can read the writings of the Hindus, the Koran, the Polytext, but you'll never read anything or hear anything quite like the Sermon on the Mount. It changes men and women lives around the world, my life, your life. It all happened right here, right here overlooking the Sea of Galilee. Jesus and the disciples had had a long, hard day of labor, helping the people, instructing them, caring for them, healing the sick. They finally cast out on their boat here on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus fell fast asleep. During the night, as the disciples are rowing, all of a sudden a storm comes up. The winds are blowing over the hills, and the Sea of Galilee becomes a raging torrent of water. It's filling the boat, and the disciples begin to bail and bail and bail. But these seasoned fishermen seem like at any moment they're going to die. 
and they look around and they say, where's Jesus? And all of a sudden, as the lightning goes across the bow, they see him sound asleep in the back of the boat, peaceful, calm. And they say and yell perhaps some of the craziest words that a Christian has ever spoken. Lord, don't you care that we're dying? And of course he did. He raised up. He stood up, raised his hand, said, peace be still. And billions and billions of gallons of water raging in a revolutionary storm on the Sea of Galilee just smooth out like a mirror. Other boats that had been in proximity to the boat of Jesus, they all look and say, well, what manner of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. <laughs> he was God incarnate. He was the creator God of the universe. And everything obeyed the command of the Lord. His voice brought peace and calm to everything. Ludmila, I really appreciate the invitation to come into your home today. We are very thankful that you traveled to see us and that you answered to our invitation. Now, if it's okay to ask, I understand that you had some tragedy in your life with a daughter, I believe. Would you mind sharing that? I will briefly explain. This happened far north. Me and my daughter lived there. She got severe gangrene. But the time we managed to do anything, we had no choice but to amputate her legs harder than her knees. So what happened to your life at that time? I took my daughter and moved to Tula. What did, you, what did you feel like mentally and psychologically to have this happen to your daughter? I was in a great sorrow and was left with no hope. I did not know what to do. So you had, you were not a, a Christian or a member of a church or any belief at all? I was an atheist, but something inside had me believing that he was there. My mother was a believer. I just had a job that required for me to be a, an atheist. What did you do before retirement, if you wouldn't mind sharing with me? I worked my whole life as a director for a daycare center. So your profession, uh, your, your job called for you to be an atheist? I have to say that, yes, we had to be atheist, but deep inside we all believe in God. So you reach this point in your life where atheism offers you nothing. Now what? What happens? When this sorrow happened in my life with my daughter, I understood that the only place I can find happiness is in Christ. My first encounter with the Christ and the Bible was when my daughter had her legs amputated. So you started thinking about God and the Bible before something happened to your daughter? After the amputation of my daughter's legs, but deep inside, I was always with Christ. So please share what, what happened now in your life. 
When all this happened with my daughter, I thought that there was no way out, not for Natasha and not for me. And when they took her in for surgery, the local handed me a Bible, and that was the first time I ever held a Bible. As you can see, AWR is frontline mission radio. Our first priority is to travel where missionaries cannot go. We broadcast thousands of hours each day in 70 major languages of the world. AWR has the capability and capacity of blanketing almost 80% of the world's population. Not only do we broadcast via shortwave radio, but our signal is on over 1000 FM and AM stations around the world as well. Our podcast subscribers, internet users, satellite downlinks are growing rapidly, evidenced by the 100,000 plus emails, letters, and phone calls we receive each and every year. Yes, AWR is your mission radio. No walls and no borders. For AWR, that means change lives and change hearts around the world because God is using the airwaves of AWR to reach people everywhere. Right behind me is the beautiful Sea of Galilee, standing here in Capernaum. These are some of the old houses that were here I'm told at the time of Jesus, I just think about it, imagine Jesus walking through these streets. We're told he spent a lot of time here. They, they even called it the home of Jesus. Think about it. The creator, God of the universe, walking these streets and healing everyone he came in contact with. I've been in India many times and throngs tend to come around you from every side because they want some kind of help. The very little help we have is not much, but Jesus why, Jesus broke up every funeral he ever attended. Imagine Jesus going into a hospital in your town. And as he walked out, every single person would come out rejoicing with him. Not a sick person left. That's what happened as Jesus went from town to town, area to area, and here in Capernaum also. This synagogue is built over the site of the original one that the Roman centurion had given funds for here in Capernaum. This is why the Jewish elders had recommended his needs to Jesus. You see, he had a servant who needed healing. So he was asking Jesus to please help my servant. Jesus immediately started to go with him. Centurion said, no, you don't even need to go. He says, I'm a man in authority. I say to one man to go and he goes. I say to another to come and he comes. All you need to do is speak the word. Why, Jesus said, I've not seen so great faith in all of Israel. Be it done. And at that moment, his servant was healed. When I first opened the Bible, I didn't know where to open it up to. But I did feel calm, peaceful, and loving. This feeling I have never felt before. 
where did you get a hold of a Bible? Were, they just weren't everywhere around at the time, were they or were they? I wished my whole life that I can't have a Bible in my hand. There were people who believed and provided me with a Bible. I've, I've, I can't hardly imagine. I, I've got dozens of Bibles at home. I can't hardly imagine someone dreaming their whole life to have a Bible and can't get one. It was amazing experience. The first time I opened the Bible, I felt so peaceful. <coughs> Even though during that time, my daughter was going through surgery. I didn't know how to read the Bible. I didn't know how to understand it, but they explained it to me. They told me to start reading Psalms. I had a shocking situation. I realized that I can only have hope in God and not on anyone or anything else. When Natasha was sleeping, right before the checkout, I got down on my knees early, early in the morning next to the window and started praying. I prayed so deep, then God heard me. When I was done praying, I, feel, I felt a warming feeling surround my body. I, f I will never forget that feeling. This was right after my prayer. Here in Jerusalem, perhaps it was a street something like this that Jesus walked down with his disciples. But at that time, the throngs were pressing in everywhere around him. People wanted to, to get close to him. But all of a sudden, in the middle of all this pushing and shoving, Jesus stopped. He turns and said, who touched me? And for a moment, everybody's looking, thinking, what are you saying? Everybody's touching you. The disciples said, Master, look at the throngs. And then one dear little lady came up and said, I was the one that touched you. And Jesus said, you know, you are healed, dear lady, because you touched me with faith. You reached out and grabbed hold of me with all that you had and desired to be healed. Tremendous story. A casual touch does nothing in our lives, but the touch of faith grabbing hold of Jesus, that's what changes. On Jesus' final day, he walked over the Mount of Olives, Luke says, chapter 24, as far as to Bethany. Why did he go there? The Bible doesn't really tell us, but I've got a good idea. You see, his best friends, Martha, Mary, Lazarus, were all there. And I think he simply wanted to tell them goodbye, because out of all the people, all the throngs that had pressured him, everyone that had pushed against him to get something from him, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus stayed very special because they wanted a friendship with him. They wanted a, a, a real love relationship with him. The Bible says this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I think of Ludmila, our dear lady that saw a cloud and a, a bright light, and that brought her all of a sudden to her relationship with Jesus Christ, and she never wanted to let go. I kind of look at her like Martha and Mary and Lazarus, those that wanted that special time with Jesus, those that are looking forward to his soon return. Because shortly after Jesus visited with them, he ascended to heaven. He said, this same Jesus shall so come in like manner. 
Ludmila is looking forward to that day, as I hope all of us are too. One of the favorite things people like about AWR is its stories. We have stories from all over the world. Some of them involve danger. Many of them involve miracles of God, but certainly all of them involve the miracle of changed lives. I've written a little book of some of the favorite stories in the face of death. Another, radios given by angels, coming to Christ in a Muslim country. These and many other stories it's simple. Just log on to www.awr.org storybook and you can download your free PDF version of stories from places where missionaries cannot go. Do it now so you and your family can immediately enjoy these incredible testimonies of changed lives from around the world. So don't wait. Log on now to www.awr.org storybook. So you felt, as you were studying the Bible, you knew you needed to find a, a group of people that, that worshipped the way you felt the Bible was saying to. Probably not necessary to connect. I needed happiness, and I knew that beside God, no one can help. Now you shared with me before we sat down today that you turned on the radio one day. And what happened? I turned on the radio and I heard about God and started paying attention and what I realized that the words they were said were very close to me. I like them and they make me happy. So all of a sudden you've been studying, you've been praying and you're searching and you turn on the radio and you find the Voice of Hope, which is the AWR program, and all of a sudden, it clicks. What happened next? Well, the radio said that this was the Voice of Hope. They gave me a phone number, they gave me an address, and this was enough to show up. I immediately went by the address and found the Voice of Hope and met Galina Labote, and I requested that she would help me find a church where I would be comfortable and where I can find a peace. And what happened next? She said, I'm going to introduce you to this person who is going to bring you to a church, the one that you are in need of. She gave me the pastor's number to the first church ever built in Tula, Fatkovich Vladimir. She told the pastor that a young lady will call you. She is looking for happiness. This was amazing. Vladimir got on his knees and started praying and says, if this lady is going to call, that means that this is from God. He later told me that right when I stopped praying, the phone rang. So a miracle at the bedside of your daughter and now a miracle to show this pastor that God's hand was upon you. What next? And later, nothing but miracles. He later met me at the bus stop, took my hand, and took me to the number one church. 
говорится, берет прям за руку меня и привозит в церковь. Церковь номер один, в которой я сейчас уже 10 лет. Up on the hill where the large church is, I'm told is where Jesus had the Last Supper. In, from that area, they came on down the hill, crossed over the Kidron, up into the Garden of Gethsemane, here in this area, the area of the final conflict. In the garden, Jesus was captured. All the disciples fled. They took Jesus back up the hill again to the area where he originally was with the Last Supper. In that area, they held the first part of the trial. Peter denied his Lord there. Then they led him on into the city for further trial with Pilate. It was in a courtyard, perhaps something like this, where they brought Jesus in the middle of the night to arraign him before the high priest. Peter snuck in. People are milling around everywhere, but Peter didn't want to be noticed. He came up, he saw a little fire, and he came up close to the fire, pulled his collar up, and there he sat trying to warm his hands, and every once in a while he would take a glance and look and see what was happening to Jesus. Someone noticed him. They asked him, who are you? You're the one that was with Jesus. He says, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, and he, he huddles a little lower. But soon they recognize him again, and this time he, he said, no, I'm not the one. But he huddles a little more, he takes another look. Still, Jesus is being tried. But soon someone says, you are the one, you are the very one. And now he cusses and he swears as an old fisherman that he used to be. And as with the, the words dripping from his lips, he looks and Jesus turns and looks at him. And his heart is broken and Peter runs away. Most of this street are new stones, but this area they found three meters down. These are the original pavements where Jesus walked in the Via Della Rosa. Carried his cross here for you and for me. It's interesting that just right over here are men carrying machine guns. I'm sure Jesus looked forward to this time. That's probably why he wept up there on the hill overlooking Jerusalem. I hadn't realized how long and arduous the trek for Jesus was carrying the cross of Calvary because it's all uphill. At this point on the Via Della Rosa, he collapsed. He could no longer carry the cross. And here we're told Simon picked it up and carried it for him. They've actually built a little chapel in this area commemorating that moment. We're in a location called the Garden Tomb. Now this may not be the actual location where Jesus was laid, but it's a tomb of someone rich, like Joseph of Arimathea. They took Jesus off the cross. They laid him in the tomb. They sealed it with a large stone. On Sunday, the angel from heaven came down as a, as a lightning flash. The Roman guard who was here to guard the tomb and not allow entrance to anyone lay as dead men. The angel called Jesus forth. Jesus, who had lay there dead, was now resurrected. Interesting point is the soldiers were from every country or many countries. Imagine, after their tour of duty had ended, they went and told their countrymen everywhere. Thus the gospel was spread 
to many lands. The angel stayed and waited, and the women showed up later that day to embalm the body of Jesus. But the angel said, he's risen, he's not here. He's going to meet all of you. Go tell his disciples, and Peter, the Lord is risen. Whatever you do, don't forget Peter who denied me. Don't forget Peter who has forsaken me. Don't forget Peter who is brokenhearted. Remember Peter. Oh, how much our Lord loves and calls and yearns after every one of us. It was during the 40-day period after the resurrection of Jesus, the disciples cast off one evening to go fishing. That was the perfect time to catch fish. As the sun began to rise, they saw a stranger sitting here on the bank. And the stranger yelled out, have you caught anything? They respond, no, not a thing. Then Jesus says, cast your net on the right side of the ship. They decide to listen. They cast the net in. As they pull it up, it is so full of fish, they can't hardly bring it in. At that moment, Peter recognizes it's his Lord. He strips down, he jumps in, he swims here to the shore, leaving everybody else with the catch to deal with all the fish. He gets to shore and he finds that Jesus has a little fire built. He already has fish on the fire. They come in finally with the catch. They begin sharing, eating, and talking. And then Jesus begins to talk with Peter. You remember that Peter had denied his Lord three times. And Jesus pointedly asked three times, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? This time there's no boastfulness out of Peter. Peter simply responds, Lord, you know I love you. Before he said, oh, I love you above all of these others. But not now because Peter had been converted. Peter had Jesus Christ living in his life. And the Lord said, Peter, go feed my sheep. Jesus had compassion on Lydmila. He helped give her hope and strength, just as he does to you and me. So many ways, whether it be our need for healing or encouragement or whatever. And usually when Jesus acts on his compassion, he does it hand in hand with human agencies. Here in the city of Jerusalem behind me, is one place where people many times felt the compassion of Jesus and his actions to meet their needs. You also can work hand in hand with Jesus to help people around you. You can do that by partnering with AWR. The waves of AWR are reaching around the world. If you'd like to partner with us, give us a call, 1-866 503-3531, or you can write us at 12501 Old Columbia Pike, Silver Spring, Maryland, 20904, or log on to our website, www.awr.org. Thank you for watching, and please join us again for another exciting gospel adventure, because around the world, AWR is making waves.